This is Katie Prejean McGrady, and this is Ave Explores. I had an anxiety attack last May. I didn't know that's what was happening. I thought it was having a heart attack, but it was an anxiety attack. I found myself lying on the bathroom floor in the home that my husband and I were in the process of selling, anxious and worried and stressed about the fact that once again there was a delay on the close date and that now we were probably going to have to make about $2,000 worth of repairs on a part of the roof that wasn't actually damaged. And I just kind of snapped. I didn't yell. I didn't throw anything. I just kind of stopped. It literally felt like somebody had pressed pause on my brain, and I didn't know how to function. I didn't know what to do next. My heart was pounding. My palms were sweating. My, my face was becoming gradually red. And I just kind of stood there in my living room, frozen. My husband looked at me and said, babe, are you okay? And I looked at him and said, no, I'm not. And I walked into the bedroom. And when I got into our bedroom, which was cluttered and, and crowded with things, because of course we were in the process of packing, because we were in the process of moving while selling this home and buying this new home, and our, our toddler was in the process of, of going through this massive sleep regression, so neither one of us had slept for days. As I looked at the mess in our bedroom, I saw the cool tile of the bathroom floor kind of beckoning me. And I walked into my bathroom and I just laid down. When my husband found me a few minutes later, he thought I'd passed out and he rushed over and I told him, no, I just needed to feel the cold. I think I'm okay. Just sit here with me. And for about the next half hour or so, he did. He sat there with me and he let me just simply be as my brain was on fast forward and pause all at the same time as I couldn't process my thoughts, as I couldn't move beyond my anxiety and my worry and my fears, as I couldn't stop going down the rabbit hole again and again and again of what could go wrong, of all of the bad things that could happen. I didn't just eventually, quote-unquote, snap out of it. That'd be far too easy a solution, but I'll save you all of the massive details and just leave you with when I finally did get up the bathroom floor, get up off the bathroom floor, and I called my mom. She said to me, it might be worth having a conversation with your doctor. This isn't the first time that you have literally had to stop everything because you've been so overwhelmed. And so when I did have a conversation with my doctor, he very graciously pointed out to me in a very loving way that some people process information differently. And sometimes the processing of that information can be very crippling. And that there are ways to help that processing of information go better. Whether it's medication, whether it's therapy, whether it's a combination of the two, whether it's taking time for meditation, whether it's making sure that you organize your days in such a way to where no one thing overwhelms you more than the other. He listened to me as I expressed some more worries and concerns and doubts about treatment or about what needed to be done. But by the end of the conversation, I walked out of his office knowing full well that I could not ignore the fact that I was living with anxiety that from time to time crippled me and stopped me from functioning in a cohesive, comprehensive, good way. So I started taking medication. I started going to therapy. Again, I'd gone before, but now I was going to go back. 
And I immediately began to notice a change. It wasn't an overnight fix. It wasn't I popped a pill and everything was good and I've never been anxious again. But it was a way to cope with, deal with, live with, and walk through my anxiety and stress and chronic worry. And I can proudly say that I am a person that lives with anxiety, that recognizes what anxiety does and does not do to me, and ways that I can actually deal with it. That's what today's episode is all about. Not just giving up anxiety, not just giving up worry, but how do we live with it? How do we cope with it? How do we walk through it? How do we recognize the triggers and the moments where, where we might become more anxious? And, and what can we do every single day to live peacefully, to live with our anxiety, but not let it overtake our lives. I think the best way to talk about anxiety is to actually talk to people who have it, to actually talk to people who are anxious, to talk to people who live with chronic worry, who are always going down the rabbit hole, and to really talk to them about how are you coping with it? How are you dealing with it? What are you doing? What are some suggestions that you have for people who maybe haven't learned how to do that yet? And that's what today's episode is all about. We're chatting today with a, a guy that I think you're going to love, and I think you're going to really take, take to heart lots of his advice, Gary Zemak. Gary is, as he'll tell you, a chronic worrier, a guy who has spent his whole life anxious and, and somewhat nervous about different things and kind of going down that this-could-go-wrong path, but yet has found ways to cope and to live with and to, to survive and to thrive as an anxious person. Gary is an author, he is a writer, he travels the country and he speaks as a full-time evangelist, he has a radio show, and he's just an all-around incredible guy who is honest and open, is unafraid to talk about what he's dealt with and to share ways that he's learned to live and to cope and to, to be very vulnerable about what he has experienced in his journey with anxiety and chronic worry. As always, we want to remind you at the top of this episode that this podcast is not a replacement for professional help or medication and that the things that you hear are advice and, and insights from people who are living with and dealing with mental health struggles themselves, but that if you listen to these things and if you're having a conversation uh, with yourself as you're listening to these things and you feel the need to go seek out professional help, we would greatly encourage you to do so. Um, conversations about mental health and anxiety can always be a bit challenging and can, can always trigger some things. So we just, we really want to encourage all of our listeners as they listen to this podcast episode and all of our podcast episodes this season to seek the professional help that they may need. So with that, here's our episode, our conversation with Gary Zemak. Gary, thanks so much for joining us. We're, we're grateful to have you on the show. It's great to be here, Katie. I can't wait to chat with you. Yeah, yeah. So, Gary, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Where are you? What are you doing? Um, my standard question to folks is if I bumped into you in an elevator and was feeling extroverted, what would I learn about you? Oh, man, where do we start? Well, I am a, a full-time Catholic evangelist, author, writer, speaker, you name it, I do it, radio host. Um, very interesting. For, for 30 years, I worked as a software developer. So this wow. is a, a very unusual career path. I had a major conversion about, uh, I guess, late 2004. I had a major conversion, got to know Jesus, even though I was a cradle Catholic, got to know him for the first time. And uh, one thing led to another, and I just felt led to talk about the Lord uh, in, in a public way, and all kinds of doors started opening up for me. I began writing books. I began doing radio and television and speaking. 
And um, it's interesting, Katie. I think the the Holy Spirit has led me down the path of mainly focusing my message toward those who are anxious, because I've always been somebody who struggled with anxiety. So I come with the good news of Jesus Christ, mainly directed to my fellow warriors, letting them know that it is possible, as I've discovered, to find peace once you let Jesus into your life. Yeah. So Phil, I like that fellow warriors. I think yeah. we'd be in the club together. What do you think... Um, Kind of that that message in a nutshell. Again, we're back in that yeah. elevator, and and maybe in the course, let's say let's say it's an elevator at an airport, and I'm nervous about my flight being on time, which is often the reality for me. Like, I what, hear you. What do you think? Kind of is the the snapshot of the person who's maybe the chronic worrier or the person who's dealing and struggling with anxiety. Like, what? How, how can a person maybe identify themselves as that? I'm going to incriminate myself, Katie, but uh, those of us who tend to be anxious, we like to be in control. We're control freaks. We want to be in control. And at the point where we, we can't get control, we begin to worry quite often. I think that's the, that's the challenge for us. And you know, uh, if, if you're going to have a good relationship with Christ, he wants you to trust him. Mm-hmm. And that's hard because we have to surrender control to him. And that's the, that's the snapshot. Those of us who have that tendency, we like to be in control. Mm-hmm. And, and when we can't be, then we can either worry or we can turn to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, you take over. Yeah. So, so let's go down that path a little bit. I, mm-hmm. I'm a control freak. Um, and I, I don't even like to say freak because I think it's normal that a lot of us yeah. like to we, we, I'm sure there's another word that we could use at some point in this conversation, but we like to be in control because we want to know what's coming, right? Mm-hmm. We, we don't mm-hmm. like surprises. Where in your life have you noticed um, that's that's been a problem? You know, um, I, this is something I've struggled with from when I was a young child. So I always, I, I think the fear of the future has always been the toughest thing for me, mm-hmm. where it's like, I, I, I don't know what's coming next. So as you said, worrying is a, is a coping mechanism. It's a way to almost feel like you're in control when you're not in control. Mm-hmm. And in my case, that worry manifested itself in panic attacks, in digestive problems, heart palpitations. A number of unpleasant side effects <laughs> you know and it's it's i had many many physical ailments and it's amazing even though i never stopped going to mass i went to mass every week i was a quote unquote good catholic <laughs> but i really didn't have a relationship with christ i wasn't really letting him into my life i wasn't turning my worries over to him and that would have been the perfect and the answer for my struggles was to let him get involved, but I never made that connection. Yeah. So symptom is, uh, or worry is a symptom of a deeper ailment and, and yeah. sense, right. It's, it's yeah. that ailment of, I don't know what's coming. I don't know what's around the corner. Right. Um, you know, it says in scripture, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Mm-hmm. And I always like to think if I look down at my feet, I can only really see about a couple feet in front of me. If there's a light, like we have these lights in the hallway at my house that are motion censored and they don't illuminate the whole hallway they illuminate just the the next steps and sometimes it's disconcerting it throws me off a little bit because i I don't know what's down the hall i don't know if if there's a bug or if there's like you know it might just be a dust bunny but i can't tell and it it could freak me out if it crosses over my foot the people in this world those of i think every single one of us that 
that wants to know what's coming next, when we become worried, when we become anxious, when we become stressed, yeah. right? These things manifest, these physical ailments, these uh-huh. problems in relationships, maybe a, a, a fear of going deeper in prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say somebody's listening to this and they know, they're immediately like, yep, that's me. I'm the control freak. I want to know what's coming next. I'm, I'm, I have this fear of the future. What is maybe step one? And we're going really quickly through this, but what's step right. one in in dealing with that and, and really coping with that? I'd say step one is to, number one, surrender your life to, to, to Christ, or at least turn to Jesus and say, Lord, I, I want to do this. I want to trust you, but I don't trust you. I, I think that's a step that we all have to take at one point or another, and I've done it, because honestly, we don't trust him. We don't trust him. He's real, and he wants to help us. He wants to get involved, and he wants us to surrender our fears, our worries, our control to him. Mm-hmm. So he can lead us. He can't be a disciple if you're always trying to lead. And that's the problem. I think some of us, we want to be in front of the Lord saying, no, Lord, I, I don't want to suffer too much. I don't want this to happen. I don't want anything bad to happen in my life. So I, I can't follow you. You have to follow me. Yeah. And, and that doesn't work out. Yeah, we, we try to put Jesus on a leash, it seems, yeah. like, right? Like, and mm-hmm. you come along with me. I'll show you what I need and when I need. And I, I think Christ is sometimes like the, the two-year-old who just plants their feet firmly and plays dead weight, and they're like, nope, I'm not moving yeah. until you go where I want to go. Right? Oh, exactly. Until you, until you follow me on my path, because he knows the way. So that's step one is that prayer, right? Yeah, I, you're, right, right. And to be honest with him, because he knows. He knows we don't trust mm-hmm. him. So I tell everybody when I go out and speak and in, in my writings, I always say it's okay to say I don't trust you, Lord. Help me to trust you more, because he knows that we don't trust him. And just one follow-up to what you just said, it reminds me of— of the episode with uh, Jesus and St. Peter when the Lord told Peter, well, I'm going to have to suffer. I'm going to have to go through some real real serious suffering. And Peter said, oh, no, Lord, not you. No way. And what did Jesus do? Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. So in other words, that reminder that Jesus has to be leading. Peter was trying to lead the Lord, and that that's not the way it's going to work. It's not, not the way it should work. Yeah, one, it, it reminds me of that story of Peter jumping out of the boat and running mm-hmm. towards Jesus on the water, and he's doing it, right? He's walking right. on water, he's yep. defying the laws of physics, yep. but he immediately starts to sink when he pays attention to the externals, right? When exactly. He, he keeps his eyes, he takes his eyes off of Jesus, right. and that's that's often the root of our worry and the root of our stress is those external factors, the job, the family, the oh, yeah. um how do you today, as maybe a, a recovering chronic worrier, mm-hmm. when you find yourself kind of in those scenarios and situations of I'm, I'm becoming anxious, I'm becoming stressed, I can feel my, I, I take a regular anxiety medication and I go to a therapist and I know my triggers and I know the mm-hmm. things. So what do you do in those scenarios and situations? What's your, what's your coping mechanism today? You know, I'm really glad you brought that up, Katie, because as an, as an anxious person by nature, I, I do feel these symptoms coming on. It happens to me all the time. I, I like to believe, I, I really do believe that I'm always going to be an anxious person. By I'm going to have that nature. That's the way I'm wired, but it can absolutely be controlled. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, as I start to feel the the my my stress starting to come on, I do have a set of steps that I follow. And, and in fact, I I try to get ahead of it every day. I spend some time with the Lord every morning. I spend mm-hmm. time in prayer, reading scripture, doing some spiritual reading, and I go to mass every morning. I'm able to do that. Not everybody mm-hmm. can do that. But when I'm especially stressed out, I'll pray a chaplet of divine mercy, I'll pray a rosary, I'll open my Bible, and read about some of the miracles that the Lord has performed. And as you do that, as you let him speak to you through scripture, through prayer, 
you realize that, hey, he can handle this. He's all powerful. He loves me. He's got a pretty good history of coming through in the clutch. And then I eventually begin to panic less. I let him fill me with his peace. Mm -hmm. I can't do it. What I can do is take those steps, as you mentioned, when I start to feel myself getting stressed, it's time for me to get back to my uh, my encounter with the Lord and, yeah. and meet him and let him give me his supernatural peace. That's that's yeah. the way it works in my life. Yeah, I mean, it's going to the, the medicinal source, right? Like yeah. Christ, Christ can be the one that redirects our attention and our focus away from the wind and the rain yeah. and the storms of, of right. daily life. Right. Um, but that's, it's not always easy, right? Like we've no. created these, these methods and these practices and we know what works, but that taking that first step beyond just saying, Lord, I want to trust you more, yeah. actually figuring out how to, some people like to, and the point I'm trying to make, cause this was definitely a phase of life for me. I liked my anxiety, right? I mm. liked my worship, my, my worry, because it was the thing that I could control. <laughs> You, so how do, how so do we begin to release that love of that that feeling? I don't like to be anxious, but right. I like having control of my emotions and my feelings. How do we begin to kind of release some of that control and worry? First of all, that's an excellent point, and you are absolutely right. I remember speaking at a retreat one time, and somebody came up to me and said, you know, I feel like if I'm not worrying, I'm not doing my job. Yeah, and, yeah. And, right. It's like I, I, I'm controlling things because I'm worried. That that means I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. But actually, right. worry is not a virtue. Concern might be something helpful, but worry. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, um, you know, what I like to tell people, and I experienced this myself, is that you these methods won't necessarily make you not be afraid and there's a difference between fear which is an emotion and the act of taking that fear and worrying about it it's okay to be afraid i mean throughout the bible we see the blessed mother saint joseph saint paul moses abraham these people are documented as being afraid that's okay it's an emotion it might not always feel good but I've learned to literally force myself to go through these steps, to turn to the Lord and say, all right, I'm worried, I'm scared, but I'm going to start praying, our Father who art in heaven or something, you know, just very slowly. And Katie, a lot of times what I have noticed, you might, you might have noticed this as well, is that the initial feeling of comfort occurs up here. Mm -hmm. in, my, in my mind, intellectually, I say, wait a minute, God loves me. He can handle this. The pit of my stomach and my heart, my heart's still beating rapidly. I'm still feeling uneasy in my stomach. But intellectually, I realize hey, the Lord's there for me. And then eventually it makes its way down to my heart. But oftentimes, I'm still feeling the anxiety, but I'm still, I'm at peace. Does that make any sense? Oh, absolutely. Gary brings up an excellent point that I think quite a few of us are going to be able to relate to. And that is that we like to control and that is oftentimes the prompt or the trigger. I, I can think back to my own anxiety attack in May and remember very distinctly feeling like I was not in control of things. I couldn't manage the fact that things were delayed. I couldn't manage the fact that we had to push back the close date. I couldn't manage things. I couldn't control those things. And so therefore I allowed that to take over. As we listen to this conversation and as we, we openly discuss what it's like to live with anxiety, you might think, well, I want to learn a little bit more or I want to go a little bit deeper. And that's why this entire Ave Explorers series 
exists. We have resources available on the Ave Maria Press website, as well as a, a place for you to sign up so you can receive all of this content into your email inbox over the next few weeks. We've got articles from people like Roy Pettifee, Father Josh Whitfield. We've got future podcast episodes coming up that you'll get first access to if you subscribe. Ultimately, we want this series to help you walk through becoming more mentally healthy and engaging with those around you that you want to help become more mentally healthy. So hop on over to AveMariaPress.com to subscribe to all of these resources. There's a, um, there's a scene from one of my favorite shows, Parks and Rec, where there's this character, uh, Craig, who's like just, he is the epitome of the anxious, nervous Nelly who's constantly on edge and snaps at people. And, and there's this one scene where he, you can tell that he's getting worked up and he closes his eyes and takes a deep breath and he just lists off three things that he loves. And he goes, every time I get stressed, I just list off three things that I know will give me happiness. Right. And it's like, that's, that's a, it's kind of a silly little joke from a TV show, but I find mm -hmm. that that helps me a lot is that when I notice, okay, dinner's not cooked, laundry's not folded, house is a complete wreck. Okay. But I have money to pay for food. I have yeah. a washing machine and I have a home that's messy in the first place. And just kind of bringing myself back to. I'm grateful for what I have. Absolutely. It gives me kind of that moment of peace to where it's okay if I can't control all those other things. Or like yeah. in airports, when I'm traveling, I can't control whether or not that flight's going to take off on time. But I, what I can control is making sure that other things are in place in case I don't get there on time or in case mm -hmm. I miss my connection. And, and that's that intellectual aspect of it. Yeah. Um, what about the person who's sitting there listening or, or – has, has recognized like, okay, maybe I need to go to a therapist. Maybe I need right. to go to medic, you know, get on medication. Maybe, maybe I need to have some honest conversations with myself and with people that I love about what I'm dealing with, but maybe they're scared to admit it. Cause there's this huge yeah. stigma around yeah. anxiety and worry. How, how would we talk to those people? What would you have to say to them? You know, first of all, I think it's getting better. I don't know if you agree, but I think the stigma is less than it used to be. Yeah. Um, when I was younger, I remember I was very afraid to let anybody know I was suffering from anxiety because people would think I was crazy. Yeah. That was my mentality. So I think it's yeah. a lot better. Um, what I would say is that, and I do say this when I give my talks, is that Jesus heals in many ways, and it's certainly acceptable to get therapy, to get possibly medication. You may need that, but... If, and I, I've never, I've been on medication for anxiety. I never really went through therapy. The medication didn't help me for, for whatever reason. It was not right for me. So mm -hmm. I haven't gone down that road, but what I would say, and what I've been advised from professionals, because I'm always careful to talk to therapists and psychologists about this, because I, I, I talk about this topic a lot. And what I was told from somebody, some people I trust, is that if you are doing all these things, if you're praying, if you're reading your Bible, if you're going to Mass, you know, going to confession, receiving the grace that you need, and you are still, you still can't cope, you still are worrying, it's time to go get professional help. And that's what I've always been told. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like people in, in my generation, I'm a millennial, we wear therapy like a badge. Wow, um, yeah. Right? Like we tell everybody like, oh yeah, I'm going to see my therapist because yeah. it's kind of this like point of pride that I was brave enough to go get help. Right. But then like people uh, of say my mom and dad's generation and they're young baby boomers, um, there, there's kind of sometimes this, oh, she goes to therapy. Like there is kind of, I think, a generational yeah. stigmatization that's happened. Um, 
what I find though is, is a lot of times in having conversations just about any any mental health in general, and we have a, a piece in this series, this this Ave Explores about a lot of times people will like take a mental health challenge, so bipolar uh, disorder or depression or schizophrenia, and they'll they'll immediately say like, oh, that person is bipolar, mm-hmm. and they'll define them as that. Or they'll say that person is anxious. It's like, that's not the only thing that defines them, right? Like they have anxiety, they have bipolar disorder, they have depression. We're so much more than that mental health struggle that we're facing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? Truth be told, I may have been diagnosed with something had I pursued it. Probably I would have. Um, but but here's the thing. I consider myself an evangelist first and foremost. Yeah. I, my goal is to tell people about Jesus. And if medication is going to take away your anxiety and you don't get to know Jesus, then my job would, I, I would fail. I mean, that's absolutely, and, yeah. and that's the key point. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure people know about Jesus and how he has helped me to stop worrying. Mm-hmm. But so, but if that still doesn't work, absolutely. it's a biological problem. Absolutely. Get yeah, help. For sure. It's, it's for totally sure. fine. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think too, that relationship with Christ, it's, it can be an anchor, for yep. us. And, you yep. know, again, anchor in the storm, it can be that solid landing pad and ground upon which we can, we can fall or stand in the midst right. of the stress and the anxiety. My parents are daily mask goers and they both work, they both work in finance. Mm. And I, I can always tell the days that my mom maybe wasn't able to make daily mask because she's just a little off or, or yeah. she's just a little more frustrated or like things kind of get to her quicker. Right. Um, because right. It, it's that, and she'll tell you, she's like six thirty in the morning. If I'm not in my spot in the church, something's off. Something's yeah. wrong. Something's not as it should be because that routine and that rhythm. And so I think that's that's kind of where I want to take the conversation now. Yeah. Uh, routines and rhythms can be very helpful for the worrier, for the anxious person. Um, and so one of the things we always like to do with our podcast guests is like, tell me a little bit about like what your routine, especially since you're an evangelist and you travel mm-hmm. and, and you've got a radio show. What does your day look like? What does your routine look like? Again, you said at the beginning, you, you take time for mass, you take time for yeah. prayer, but what are those things that you're doing throughout the day to kind of stay centered and, and on a good, even keel? You know, I'm so glad you brought this up because my routine is, it's critical. If I, if I do not follow my spiritual steps, I'm going to be off. Something won't be right. So typically what I do is I wake up. I wake up at 6 a.m. every day. I set my alarm even if I don't have to get up. I wake up. I spend some time in prayer. I read scripture. I have various devotionals I go through. I will talk to the Lord in prayer. I'll read my scripture. I'll, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit different. I vary it every day depending on what, what uh, my situation is or, or what I'm feeling but that at that time I'm spending time with the Lord and, and that's how I start my day and I tell him if I'm afraid about something something sometimes I'll journal mm-hmm. um, talking about problems that I'm, I'm, I'm facing and asking for his help and then I will go to daily mass uh, and again I'm blessed to be able to do that right now there was a mm-hmm. time when I couldn't do that but I can do that right now And then um, throughout the day, I speak to the Lord. If I'm driving in the car, I'll spend a little time in prayer. And um, I always um, very, uh, it's very important to me to to spend time with him during the three o'clock hour, during the hour of mercy. And I've, I've learned to pray the uh, stations of the cross during that time. And I try to squeeze in a chaplet of divine mercy as well. And then throughout the day, maybe I'll read a little bit more. And as a family, my wife and my daughters and myself will pray the rosary every night together. 
And um, and then you know before I before I go to bed, and it's funny, Katie. I I found I've, I'm finding these opportunities to really have this conversation with Jesus. I talk to him in the bathroom now. You know, I'm getting ready. I'm taking my shower. Mm-hmm. I, I don't waste any opportunity, and uh, it, it's really great. And this is an ongoing process, and. Each day, I'm looking for new ways to get him more involved in my life, and yeah, yeah. it's working. Inviting him in to yeah. the because I think sometimes we, especially the worrier or the anxious, but well, Jesus doesn't care about that. He would only right. care about the big stuff, right? Oh. Like, but no, he wants to be in the little stuff. Oh, he cares that you're yeah. worried that you can't get a parking spot yeah, and you have exactly. an important meeting. And I, I talk to him all the time. Lord, I need a parking spot. Yeah. Look, you got to help me. Yep, yep. <laughs> and and then Right? You can right, do right. this, Lord. Absolutely. Right. But Christ would, I think he delights in nothing more than being a, a part of our everyday. Um, and for, for the worrier, for the anxious person who thinks that the everyday can, can often be, even in the mundaneness, can be the stressor, can be the, the trigger that, well, why wouldn't you want Christ to be a part of that? Why wouldn't you want to invite him into that? You know, so, you know, it comes to mind. I, I, uh, when I used to host, uh, I do I do a weekly radio show now, but I had a, a show. Actually, you were a guest on my show, yeah, I remember, yeah. some time ago. When I had guests on my <laughs> daily show on Holy Spirit Radio in Philadelphia, I had a guest on one time, and she was a spiritual director, and she was talking about involving Jesus into the most mundane decisions and one of the and, and events of life. And one of the things she she said that really stuck with me was. She had this particular kind of donut that she really liked, and the bakery would sell out of them sometimes. And she would, she would pray as she was on the way to the bakery that the Lord would make her favorite donut available. And she said, "I know this is silly, but the fact of the matter is, I'm involving him in such a a mundane, mm-hmm. a relatively unimportant aspect of my life." But she was really inviting him in, and she said, "It's really not that big of a deal if they didn't have the donuts that I like." But she really wanted to share that with him. And yeah. I thought, wow, that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have a two-year-old. And so we're in the process of really trying to teach her who Jesus is and why Jesus loves us. And, and right. prayer is a, a very tangible thing that we can do together as a family. And it's it's funny because now we're at the phase where we ask Rose, okay, well, what do you want to pray for? Who do you want to pray right. for? And she goes through people's names. So Nana and Pop Pop, Graham and G, like she goes through all the people that we love and that we see every day. But then she often starts talking about things like she the other day she wanted to pray for trains well she has a train table so she'd been playing with her train table and she was thinking about trains and she uh she wanted to pray for sharks and i have no idea why she went maybe we watched finding nemo so maybe that was on her mind um and then she asked to pray for the color red which my husband and I cracked up because we're like, where? But then we thought about we were red as the color of the week at school and that uh, was on her mind. And it's yeah. like in her two-year-old brain, the things on her mind are imminently worth sharing right. with Jesus. Yeah. And yet there's something happens when we become stressed, when we become anxious, when those external things kind of seep into our world where we don't begin to think about, well, what would Jesus actually want to be part of? What right. does he actually, the color red? Absolutely, he wants yes. to hear about the color red. Exactly. Um, and so here at the end of our of our chat, I want to ask you, you, we're in that elevator again, and somebody else yeah. pops on the elevator, and we can tell that they're just, they're at their wit's end, they're sweating, they're stressed, they, they, they look like they may be on the verge of tears, whatever whatever her symptom is coming up. What What's the thing that you say to the person Uh, beyond what we've already said so far, that maybe encourages them to seek out help, to seek out advice, to kind of take those steps to begin releasing that stress, as your book says, to give up worry. 
what what's that what's that thing that you would want them to know you know i'd i'd want them to know that I have suffered tremendously over the years because of my anxiety, and I have spent many sleepless nights, and um, I felt very hopeless for many, many years, and that there is an answer, mm. and the answer is Christ. He really is, but you've got to, you've got to respond to that knock at the door. He's mm. knocking at your door, and it sounds crazy, but I view my anxiety as a blessing because it really led me to the Lord, and, and I, I just would l- want to let somebody know that there is it is possible for you to be at peace. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter how big of a warrior you are. If you open your heart to Christ, it is possible to experience peace one day at a time. Amen. That's, that's perfect. Thank you. Thank you for saying, I think that's, I agree a hundred percent. Um, and I think it's definitely something that our, our listeners will greatly benefit from. So, so Gary, thanks for taking the time. Um, where My can people pleasure. find you? Where can people find the, what's the, where's the Gary hub to, to get all the things that you're doing and you're speaking and your radio show, where can we find you? Following the truth.com is the place to go. Or, or, you know, Katie, I always tell people also, they can also, and I found this is very interesting when I figured this out. If they Google, Catholic speaker anxiety. Yeah. I'm the guy that comes up. You're so. the first hit. There you go. <laughs> so I'm easy to find. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for taking the time. We can't wait to share this with all of our listeners. My pleasure, Katie. Thank you so much. Yeah. You know, Gary has some really great insights that he can offer us because he is a person living with anxiety, living with um, this chronic worry. And so many of us, I think, fall into that category, even if it's just situational anxiety, uh, maybe it's it's stress-induced anxiety, maybe it's, it's people-induced anxiety, in which case perhaps it's time to reevaluate some relationships or some friendships, or maybe it's just, it's a, it's a basic feeling of being overwhelmed. We actually have a piece coming up in the Ave Explorer series uh, that talks about maybe identifying moments that, that show you when it's more than just being overwhelmed from a licensed professional counselor who, who offers some insight into ways that we can cope going even deeper than we did in this conversation with Gary. And of course, you can find that and, and every other resource that we've created for this series on mental health over at AveMariaPress.com. Here's here's the reality. When we started crafting this stuff, started developing all the different topics and, and having conversations about what we wanted to say and how we wanted to say it and who we wanted to say it, you know, it became very abundantly clear right away that there were people that could offer insights, that could offer their expertise, that would be able to help all of us that would be able to help faithful everyday men and women who are striving to live life to the full and who might be grappling with a mental health issue, a struggle, a challenge, who might be feeling like they're constantly overwhelmed, who who could be in the throes of addiction, who might have a, a beloved family member who they're watching intensely grieve, who they know needs healing. Right, the series was created. All of this content was written and recorded, and and videos were filmed, and and all of this exists because we deeply believe at Ave Maria Press that it's worth talking about, that it's worth having this conversation, that it's worth opening up the can of worms, so to speak, to be able to to help destigmatize these conversations, but to also offer insights from faithful everyday men and women who are on the journey just like you. 
So if this is the kind of thing that not only you love and that you, you want to engage with and that you think yourself is valuable, but, but that you know could benefit you or other people, we'd love if you would take just a few minutes to, to scroll down to the bottom of your podcast app and rate and review this show. Apple Podcasts is sometimes kind of weird and, and, and they make you kind of rate and review the show so that it gets in front of other people. And, and this podcast comes up in a lot of Catholic podcasts as kind of a, a recommended listen. And we'd love it to continue to expand and to grow and for its footprint to be even bigger so that more people can get in on this project, that they can, they can take advantage of what we've created. We also, of course, have all of our episodes backlogged. You can go check out everything on the Ave Maria Press website, along with all of the articles and the video content that we've created. And of course, you can find all of the previous episodes of this show, and you'll get first access if you sign up. You'll get first access to all of the new content that's coming. As always, we're really grateful that you tuned in and that you listened to the show, and we hope that it is benefiting you, that it's giving you information, that's valuable to your life and ultimately helps you live your faith in the everyday in a more deep and profound way. The contents of Ave Explorers, such as text, graphics, images, and other material, are for informational purposes only. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health providers with any questions you may have regarding your condition.